Hello and welcome to the Racing Central podcast. John, Simon and I recorded episode 4 yesterday and that will go up shortly, possibly before, before or after this. But today I have a little bonus, an interview with Ian Bell that will also be featured in the Straight 4 Studios newsletter in an edited and transcribed form. So Ian, thank you for doing this. I guess I first knew of you around the time that RC began hosting your mod groups forum for you. Uh, but obviously you were around a long time before that as well. Um, I think back now, you've been involved in some titles I know I'd be very proud of, and I think that you've come out the other end with a little bit of money. Um, but I know at one point you lived in a like a tiny bedsit in London. What's the background of those early years? Uh, when I when I started uh, back in the 90s, um, my idea was to get a like-minded group of people together so we could make a mod and be able to drive something that we would enjoy driving and there were there were actually a few formula one games out at that point there was uh, one by ubisoft i believe it was f1 rst there was grand prix 2 uh, by jeff cramond uh, and uh, yeah i think there was there might have been a third one uh, there were there were things like Johnny Herbert's Monaco Grand Prix and, and games like this. And it seemed that the F1 license wasn't exclusive at that point, obviously. And yeah, that was, that was, we came to the conclusion that GT racing might be, might be an interesting modification to what was out there. So we took the wonderful work that ISI had done and we, made a total conversion mod of it and the expectations back then i mean i, I was doing it it was actually my third phd and it was it was human computer interaction and i felt that it fitted the the, the um the zeitgeist of of my particular uh life at that point and uh, I felt it would be appropriate. So, yeah, I, I set up a forum with the notion being to attract like-minded people uh, who, would be, who would be interested in doing something similar. And I managed to find some like-minded people, many of which are still with me, some of which have retired. Yes, I'm getting old. And uh, yeah, it, it, it worked out for us. We, we, did, we did a mod back then and we followed it up with another mod and that became mod of the century. I think by sheer bit of luck that it was at the end of the, of the 90s. Um, so mod of the century it was called because of, of dint of timing and the fact that we did something very, very decent and we had people on board then. I mean, the physics were done by Doug Arneo, who still works with us. Uh, he's here now in straight four. Uh, the, the graphics were done by a, uh, a group of people who are still with us um, because uh, there's different areas in graphics, obviously. And they're still here as well. And we're all still working together. So, yeah, very interesting. I didn't think it would become as big as it became. My idea then was that I would become a lecturer in psychology and, you know, earning back then maybe 60 or 70,000 a year if I was lucky. Uh, but that was fine. And 
you know, being a professor at such, uh, well, it was late 20s then, I was, and being a professor was something special. I was, I was giving lectures each week, uh, two or three, and uh, yeah, I, I, it felt pretty good, and I think, I think the students uh, enjoyed it. Uh, maybe they didn't learn that much from it, but they enjoyed it because we had fun. And fun has been my modus operandi the whole way through. Enjoy yourself. Make sure you enjoy what you're doing. And as as I did more of the mod work, I realized I'm enjoying this stuff much more than I'm enjoying writing theses. So, yeah, that's that's where it grew. Well, I'm glad you stuck around because obviously you've made a big difference in sim racing, like I think we all kind of hope to. Now, your first title leading directly on from the mod was GTR, but you've released some massive titles over the years, and I'm wondering which one of you perhaps the most proud of or would want to be remembered for. Well, GTR was seminal, uh, so we can't forget that. But I believe, I believe Project Cars because... Yeah, yeah. With GTR, the funding came from elsewhere. With uh, Need for Speed, the funding came from Electronic Arts, obviously. Sorry, that's my dog barking at the door bell ringing. Um, so let me just close the door. No problem. Um, yeah, uh, what I what I think I'm most proud of, of is the Project Cars series because. Back then, we had no funds, we had no publisher, we didn't really have the cash in the bank, and I came up with the notion of WMD, and uh, this is what paid for the game. And from that perspective, we got our own cash, we got complete freedom, there was no uh, publisher in- intervention. We 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 weren't curtailed in what we could do. So we went hell for leather and decided to do whatever we thought might be the best thing in terms of a racing simulation. I'm not saying that Project Cards or Project Cards 2 were perfect in any way because I do think we bit off more than we could chew. But I'm most proud of that because that came from zero. And the, yeah, as I say, no funding. Uh, I created the funding model and created the concept for the game, created the name, came up with the whole thing. And so my personal pride is, is, is fairly high for that one. Yeah, that's, yeah, that's quite special. Yeah. The, so the raw driving of feeling, the audio, is, is something I remember from GTR, I think, having first heard it in person on behalf of RSC at the big red promo trailer you had at the Spa 24 Hours. Do you specifically focus on that area in game design? Yeah, that, that, I mean, I, I harped on about that constantly. Um, and that, that applies to every single aspect of the game. So it is audio. So the uh, professor now, Professor based it, uh, a great friend of mine and my first employee, actually, uh, he came down to meet me when I was doing the PhD. Uh, he came down to meet me 
and we had a beer together in our local pub and I said to him I'm going to make a racing simulation this is pre-GTR and I could see that he was slightly doubtful but I was aware of his his expertise and his ability and and he he, he did he did uh, come on board um, so he was my first employee and Professor Bass that is still with us, still working on the, the music and the audio and the game. He's now director of that and he, he does a great job. And yeah, I mean, uh, to, to answer your question specifically, uh, in terms of visceral uh, experience, it's, it's extremely difficult to transpose things like g-forces uh this is this is the, the huge area i mean you can get you can get uh, movable uh, simulate simulators uh, that you sit in and they give you a hint of g-force moving this way and that but it's absolutely completely divorced from reality it's it's an indication as opposed to a a semblance of reality it's an indication and you get a very subtle indication of it uh it's it's not exactly what it is so what we did was we worked on things like head physics uh whereby the neck had a certain degree of feedback spring rate uh you know and we're still working on that it, to get it perfect you you can overdo it because it induces nausea if you get too much movement uh, you, 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 the player ends up feeling nauseous. So we have to dial that back to the point where we're giving those indications of breaking, your head moves forward, accelerating, your head comes back a little bit. But if you're in a cockpit with a, with a, you know, a, a proper seat with with head restraints, and you're maybe using a Hans device, there's not that much movement. So you need those subtle uh, feedback. Uh, mechanisms and this is something that we've always tried to encapsulate within the game and something I keep banging on about it's extremely crucial uh, and even even the, the sort of the, the, what I would call the third party uh, aspects uh, where you would have you know you would have coiled wires moving you would have the uh, protective uh, mesh on the on the windscreen moving. You would have all of those things indicating G forces, and uh, our, you know our next work is going to. Well, I don't want to give away too much, but uh, we are planning to do things where it's completely linked to the G force, and you you see the degree of movement based on the the g's that are being input and all of those things subtly uh, as you know and i'm a psychologist all of those things have a psychological impact even if it's even if it's subconscious it you 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 feel it you you believe it you understand it and you feel immersed in it and that's where i want to go and i want to do it properly without that level of nausea that can be induced with too much movement that's that's great so um how to bring this up i want to ask you about project cars 3 it's it's something that i was genuinely curious about um what you kind of can't say i i don't I'll know i'll tell you anything you want to hear basically i need to hear where it all went wrong with project cars 3 uh 
for Project Cars 3, it's the one game that I didn't actually directly input the minutiae uh, because every game leading up to that, uh, I was directly involved and uh, would race constantly, drive the car constantly, uh, feedback constantly. And uh, for Project Cars 3, I didn't do that. I stepped back and... uh, now that we were being taken over by Codemasters, uh, I was advised to become more of a CEO and stop being involved in the the, the micro detail. Uh, and I'm not sure that was a that was overall a positive. Uh, and additionally, we didn't want to call it Project Cards Three. Uh, I sat around the table with twenty other people. Uh, at Codemasters and openly stated that we wanted to call it Project Cars Sideways, uh, giving the indication that we're going off in a different direction, uh, to have more sort of semi-open world areas. Uh, The idea was that we'd go with the sort of Forza Horizon uh, direction uh, as compared to Forza Motorsports. And I was overruled. And I was overruled because I was told that the investors were insisting that we called it Project R3 because that's what we'd sell. Uh, that was completely against my remit, uh, completely against my advice, and something that I didn't agree with. So that's not a game I would I would stamp uh, my my own particular uh, as well stamp to repeat the uh the statement i wouldn't i wouldn't i'm not it's something i'm not proud of and it's not something that i influence to a great degree uh and that's not a get out uh i did my best to try to at least change the name i did my best to try to position it such that it would be more of a forza horizon as opposed to a forza motorsports but there you go. Uh, you know, we sometimes have to come to the influence of the investors who are paying, you know, an insane amount of money to make these things happen these days. That's really interesting and actually a little bit sad. I, I think with a different, a different name, I don't know if people would have been quite so upset that it wasn't the product that they were expecting. Um, and that, that it wasn't a true evolution of the Project Cars franchise. Yeah. Uh, so for my next obvious question, um, the, the new title goes back to your roots in terms of simulation? Absolutely. Absolutely. 100%. So I had a chat with uh, the boss of Play On, uh, Dr. Kondraditz, uh, uh Clemens, and we are... You know we're we're as close to friends as you can be in the industry, and he's he's a great guy, and I'm very happy to be working with him directly. He's the one I communicate with. He's the CEO there, and he has given me uh, my my remit. He's given me my freedom, and I do what I want to do now. So what we're doing is going back to the GTR two to the project cars too, but this time more focused because with GTR2, we have so much variation 
uh, an insane amount of variation. And with insane variation comes an insane amount of balancing required. And it was it was effectively open-ended. So we weren't able to balance everything to the level of perfection. There were about four or five cars that absolutely nailed it. Uh, but it's it's impossible with, with the amount of varied terrain, varied weather, varied uh, humidity, varied everything. It's almost impossible to make sure the balance is perfect for the artificial intelligence. And yeah, that 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 issue is not going to happen because with GT revival, uh, we are we are now focusing again. Um, we're we're now we will have a massive amount of content, but that content will be focused on what we're absolutely best at, and we we expect to come out with all guns blazing and do something extremely special and raise the bar for the industry. Excellent. Um, and I guess you were referring to Project Cars Two at the end there. Yeah. You know, it's interesting to me, looking at the roster of people you have working for you, that there are recognizable names, to me at least, from as far back as Grand Prix Legends, Grand Prix 3 modding, um, obviously GTR. Um, you have some people that have worked for you for like 20 plus years now, um, but you've held that core group together. And I guess I'd be interested to know, how did you recognize the capabilities of an untested game designer? Um in Austin. Yeah. Okay. You've got about three questions in there, but, um, yeah. Okay. Uh, going back to staff retention, uh, look, it's, it's, it's very simple. Don't bullshit people. Uh, don't lie to them. Tell them the truth. Tell them it up front. Be straight, be honest. And they will see over time. And most people who, who, join a new company, they, they give you a, a certain induction, uh, introductory period where they'll, they'll analyze you, they'll analyze your behavior, they'll see if you're being straight with them, and they'll appreciate the fact that you're being straight with them. Um, so, so we have that. You know, in terms of bringing Austin on board, Austin Ogonofsky as a game designer, well, you know, for for five or six years he was whinging about all of the the shortcomings of games and my perspective was well look put your money but well put your mouth where my money is and that's effectively what he has done and in my opinion he has turned out to be a wonderful producer he's extremely prolific uh, when i say producer i mean designer but at the same time the detail with which he he uh, he writes up his game design is it's from a perspective of hardcore sim racing and he has the expectation that we can deliver and he's been doing a fantastic job and if anything we have to we have to curtail him to an extent because he reaches for the stars he's pushing for the absolute limit in every area and normally in this industry we try to pick our battles we'll go for one major usp and three micro usps and we've followed that that mantra for quite a long time but with austin he you know he's not just a dreamer he's someone who 
actually does race. He races an oval and he knows his stuff and his feedback has been fantastic. And there was a second question in there that I skipped. Yeah, with Austin. So I guess to kind of flip the question a little bit, um, how, how are the the older guys and obviously more experienced guys that have been in the industry for longer, how, how are those guys working with an obviously younger guy who was perhaps like six or so when you, when you first started, not that we're old or anything? Well, well he has that energy of youth um, and what he's coming with is what we always really were aware of is something that we should aim for, which is sim racing perfection. But that's not possible. No one can do it in a single game, not even over multiple games. And uh, But the fact that he's driving it and pushing it and asking for these uh, design elements, I think is absolutely crucial because it drives the team forward as well. And they're aiming to reach that, that very high quality bar. And... And yeah, I mean, it's it's normal. It's 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 to be expected. You get someone with that youth, that energy, and I think we have a wonderful mix of the old timers. None of none of them are jaded. Uh, when I say old timers, I don't want to give the impression that in some way that they're actually jaded. These people are still massively motivated. So when I spoke to them all about coming on board straight for. Uh, there was there was a palpable excitement. They they came because they wanted to, and it's not that I'm paying the highest salaries in the world. It's not that we're well. We have a good environment. People can work from home. They're free. They're flexible. They're not being overly pressed. If if they're projecting a certain amount of time to deliver something and they skip that something, they're not being humiliated. But uh, yeah, you know, it's we have a good mix, and and to you know to point out, well, the, if we stayed with the core team, they wouldn't be big enough uh, in terms of pure capacity to be able to deliver on the quality bar that's required these days, because the quality has has increased so much. Uh, so it's these it's these little details that are coming through these days you can't get away with it you need to work your ass off and make sure that that everything is detailed and and absolutely precise and that means that means additional work and you need a mixture of of really good solid people who excuse me who are aware of what they're doing and who have the experience in the background mixed with people who are young, maybe slightly more energetic, who are coming in with fresh ideas. And these things are both important. I, I think it would be interesting to know if you think current generation consoles are getting to the point where they can really begin to support those sort of pie-in-the-sky game design ideas that maybe uh, just a few years ago weren't really possible. Well, there are 5 million arcade games that all handle almost identically and uh, when you have that it, you, you know you, you you get an embarrassment of riches or otherwise and people become jaded uh, because they're feeling the same handling from one car to the next if you're using base chaos from unreal uh, you, you're gonna have roughly the same feeling the, the, you know there's no detailed tire model on that what, what we're running with set of two 
which is our new tire model for it's written from scratch from the ground up for our next game and it is an advancement on what we had with project ours 2 uh, so we're we're taking that we're developing it we're making it more efficient as well so it runs faster but the the machines are getting more powerful as well so that helps us and yeah it, it's uh, from my perspective i think that we're i'm fairly confident we're going to come through with something that feels properly next gen uh, it's not a reuse of anything that's gone before we're not using terence groanings from isi we're not using his suspension modeling we're doing that ourselves drive train ourselves uh well all of the physics we're doing ourselves for the cars so it's 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 pretty advanced and we have a fantastic team working on that stuff and they're doing a great job yeah it's it's funny you should mention terence i have a really nice written interview with him on my website when he first joined die racing um yeah but anyway you know i'll also say it like i see it but um i'm curious if the kind of the no filter approach that you kind of seem to have has ever really got you into serious trouble Possibly, but if telling the truth gets me into trouble, then I'll accept the trouble. Well, I, I mean, obviously, I, I, I ran a forum for a long time, and I know how difficult it can be to get tone from text. Um, but in real life, I've learned you're a bit of a jokester, um, and that's kind of hard to get across. Um, has it always worked out being that kind of joker? Yeah, look, if people see me in person, and if they see me online, and they see my face, uh, they'll understand that I'm smiling through most of this. Uh, for me, it's a jolly. It's about enjoying myself and having fun. And at the end of the day, regardless of how hardcore we get on anything, if we're not having fun, we're, uh, I have no interest in doing it. I, I don't need to do this work. I love doing this work. I don't need the money. I have enough of it. Uh, it's it's for me it's completely fun and it's been that way very luckily and i'm blessed uh, very luckily for quite a while now and yes I mean, if people saw my face while i was typing because you can't put that into typing they would see that i'm having fun i'm having a smile i'm not necessarily serious but if you gotta type after everything you say i'm not completely serious with this uh that's you know but the vast majority of what i say i absolutely mean um, I, I, at the time of typing it the thing is the the internet doesn't really work on, on temp temporality very well uh, you know people will read something you've written seven years ago which at that time was absolutely spot on but now uh, in, in, with the benefit of hindsight was oh that didn't happen well yeah that's that's life we don't get everything we dream of yeah I, I... I had read that you had some money um, after the Codemasters and EA acquisitions. Um, and I guess what some might wonder is what made you start a new studio and basically do it all over again? Well, I love what I do. I absolutely believe that we can raise the bar uh, with the right people who are a mixture of the guys who were there and fresh new blood. Uh, very carefully vetted by us and I believe we can raise the bar I particularly just enjoy racing uh, great simulations and 
I think we have some work to do. We never reach the multiplayer uh, quality that, that iRacing produced. And I don't think we reach the ever the graphical uh, acuity and quality that Gran Turismo produced. And what I want to do is be the best in every area. And uh, that's my aim. And that's an unfulfilled dream. So it's something that I'm driving for. So literally just working towards being the best, that's the actual motivation here. That is the main motivation, uh, to keep pushing in that direction and trying to, you, you can never win every single battle, but hey, you know, what's the point if you're not trying? So we're almost out of time here, and you've actually answered a lot of my questions without me even needing to answer them, which is great. Um, so... I want to ask about the upcoming project, obviously. Um, will there be any community involvement during development, uh, like testing, early access, something like that? Absolutely, yes. Uh, we're going to have a WMD in a slightly modified form, and we're going to be embracing the community, and we're going we're gonna to put it right there in front of them. They can have a look at it. They can have a play at it. They'll be signing NDAs, of course, uh, but uh, the the core people that join us will see what we've got, and and we will listen carefully to their feedback, and we will modify things as appropriate. But we we are working from first principles here. We're taking into account which things that we have now that we didn't have before. We did have data from Pirelli, uh, but now we're getting data from multiple other manufacturers of tires. So the tire model is getting better and better. Uh, we're getting much more feedback in terms of uh, suspension, uh, the physical ramifications of it, and and how they affect the car. And that's that's all coming to us. So having, having those first principle uh, data sets is extremely important and from that perspective that's where we are building things now and yeah yeah i think i think everyone will enjoy it and are you able to give any kind of time frame there i'd like it to be a nice christmas present um to bring people on board but i want people to be invested and when i say invested uh i mean psychologically invested so that will require maybe an early access payment not that we need the cash but uh i want to i want to ensure that people are actually motivated and they're in for the right reasons oh oh okay okay so i in my mind that's kind of similar to project cars 2 or i guess what we would now call early access where um with a group of people who will give good solid feedback Yes, exactly. And I think I think Project Cars 2 was all the better for it. All right. Well, that was great. Um, thanks so much for doing this. Yeah, you're very welcome. Anytime. Okay, well, that was the interview with Ian Bell of Straightforward Studios, um, talking about his history in the industry, the formation of his new studio, and, of course, the new simulation. Episode 4 of the Racing Central podcast 
will likely be also open a, a day or two, possibly before or after this. Um, and I think it's our best yet. If you're looking for a transcribed version of this interview with Ian, I believe Straight4 Studios will have that in their next newsletter. So be sure to subscribe to that and check that out as well. Um, you can follow Racing Central everywhere that we exist as well. But until next time, thanks for listening.